Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Thank you for listening. This is Sandy Horner, Managing Director, Wealth Management at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. I'm joined today by two colleagues from our financial planning department, Tyler Klug and Joe DePatty. And today we're following up on a previous podcast titled Alphabet Soup Professional Designations. Today we wanted to do a little bit deeper dive into discussing the Certified Financial Planner designation. We're going to talk about what it means to be a CFP, what requirements are there to be a CFP, and why individual investors and families might benefit from working with a CFP. You may want to know that there are only about 3 in 10 financial professionals that achieve the Certified Financial Planner designation. So almost three quarters of financial professionals are not CFPs. So if you're working with somebody, there's a strong likelihood they may not be a CFP. By the way, there is a huge difference in working with a financial professional who has these types of credentials, Certified Financial Planners and others, and just a plain old, if you will, financial advisor, or God forbid, stockbroker. There's a term from days gone by. So Joe and Tyler, it's great to have you both here. Joe, let me start off with you. Let's talk a little bit about what is a CFP. Well, thanks, Sandy. Um, The CFP, or Certified Financial Planner, is a designation. It's awarded to individuals who have passed the related coursework, they've passed a very difficult examination, and they've proven their expertise in all aspects of financial planning. So that encompasses retirement, insurance planning and needs, estate planning, taxes, education planning, as well as a high ethics standard as well. So really all-encompassing in the fields of financial planning. Tyler, can you unpack maybe some of the details of what it's like to take the exam? I know both of you have had the exam. I'm sure some of those memories are uh, permanently burned <laughs> in. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, just a few years ago, um, time flies. I can't believe it's been you know over three, four years now um, I've been a CFP. Um, but yeah, I certainly remember those rigorous studies. Uh, so like Joe mentioned, uh, there is a, quite a few uh, requirements uh, that are needed to be able to earn your designation. Uh, number one, um, you need to have a college education, a four-year certified degree. Um, after you graduate from school, then in order to begin your process, the next step in the process, uh, you need to start accumulating experience, um, which you can be doing alongside of studying for the exam. Um, the experience requirement is pretty robust. You need anywhere from 4,000 to 6,000 hours um, in the related industry. It could be either studying under somebody if you're fortunate enough to have to be able to study under somebody who already has their CFP designation. Um, you could have closer to the, those 4,000 hours, or if not, uh, you need 6,000 hours. That is quite a bit of time um, you know, practicing the profession. Now, in addition to that experience requirement, there is the exam. Um, and that was really where 
uh, I had to put in a ton of time, but not only that, you have to also go through a, a CFP board registered education program. So after you graduate college and you get your experience, before you can even take that rigorous exam, you need to make sure that you're going through a CFP board certified education program, which also takes quite a bit of time on its own. Um, so all said and done, you know, that take, could take years um, of time in order to be able to achieve that designation. And, and I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, um, and I do want to talk a little bit about the ethics, but uh, out of curiosity, folks, I don't know if you did this math in your head quickly, but they said four to 6,000 hours of experience. Well, I just did a little quick math here on my calculator. Um, that's like 125 to 150 weeks based on a 40-hour work week. So we're talking years of experience before you can take the exam. That's a lot. It is a lot of time, and you figure that's those are working hours, and we're not supposed to be studying during working hours, so we have to be studying in addition to that as well. So right. it is a big commitment, uh, but I think it's worth it you know, professionally for yourself that you're gaining knowledge, but of course for our clients, we're gaining that much more knowledge that we could put into practice and help our clients make the best decisions. You know, I think there's a lot of things that are important for folks when they decide to work with a financial professional. One of the things that we think is very important, it's at the top of the list, actually two items at the top of the list here at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors, and that is comfort and trust. Clients must be able to trust their financial professional and they've got to be able to be comfortable. As I always say, we can do the best work, you know, on the face of the earth for you financially, but if you can't put your head on the pillow every night and close your eyes and feel good about the relationship that you have with your financial advisor, and it doesn't matter how good the work is, it's just not going to withstand the test of time. Joe, can you talk a little bit more about the ethics that are involved in getting the CFP designation and how that goes on? Absolutely. You know, when you work with a certified financial planner, they are held to that higher standard of that fiduciary level, meaning that when you are engaged in a financial planning activity, you must act in your client's best interest. So in order to use those letters after your name, if you're engaging in financial planning, you are going to get that fiduciary obligation from those CFPs, those certified financial planners. So that's a, you know, a, a very high bar that you have to uh, work with. And I also think that just in general, the public is not as informed as perhaps they should be because I find a lot of people are under the misunderstanding that all financial advisors are required to do what's best for their clients. Um, as Joe just stated, and let's just underscore that that is not correct. In fact, most financial professionals are not held to that same level of that fiduciary standard that Joe just talked about, where fiduciaries are required to put their clients' best interests first at all times. I'm under the impression, Tyler, that the CFP also comes with a continuing education requirement. Can you talk a little bit about that? It does. So every two years, uh, you need to, there's a certain amount of time, about 30 hours um, of continuing education you need to fulfill. Um, a couple of hours of which is directly related to ethics. Um, so again, they, the, a big part of the CFP is that ethical behavior, making sure we're held to a higher standard. And we need to be making sure, I think it's a good thing, because then we're up to speed on you know, learning the newest tricks of the trade, uh, making sure that we're able to provide you know, modern advice to clients. 
Great. So, you know, I think we've made a pretty compelling case here that a CFP can be helpful. I think that, again, we're sharing some critical and important details on why a CFP is a grade above, if you will, just the typical financial advisor. But let's just talk a little bit more about both of your experiences in working with clients um, as to kind of the hands-on. Like, why should people want to choose a CFP? Uh, can, you, can you comment on that? Uh, Joe, maybe I'll start with you and then Tyler, come back to you. Yeah, I think a lot of it is you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, we have developed and studied a lot of different client situations and have a lot more perspective on some of these more common issues that, you know, you likely have never run into before. So just having that significant portion of your life dedicated to learning the ins and outs of all these various problems, I think that's really invaluable, you know, when you're looking for a resource to help you navigate your financial life. And you make an interesting point, something that I share with people all the time is that while every plan we build for clients is custom built and it doesn't matter whether you're 30 years old and looking to retire in 35 years or whether you're 60 years old and looking to retire in five years or anything in between every plan is custom built but one of the real value assets that we bring to the table as planners is that even though your plan is custom, we've built a plan like that already before because we've been doing this for almost four decades. We've built thousands of plans. And even though you know the plan we build for Bill and Mary is customized to them, we've built a plan similar to the one we're building for Bill and Mary. And so we've seen some of the common mistakes that people can make or potholes that they might run into. And you know, that is invaluable to be able to avoid that up front. Can you talk a little bit more, Tyler, about that? Why should people look to work with a CFP? Yeah, again, I think, um, you know, especially when managing your money and making big decisions like this, I mean, I would, if it was me hiring somebody, I want to make sure that the most credential, they have the most experience, like you just mentioned. We have, you know, we've been working with clients for four decades, um, but it's the experience and the knowledge base, um, I think, Having that going through that program and you know building the amount of knowledge that we gained from that um, again just lets us see the different ins and outs of planning and see all those different types of scenarios. So that way, when we get a new client who has a unique situation, we might have seen that before, or we know one of our colleagues down the hall who's also a certified financial planner might be able to help with that if they're maybe a little bit more specialized in the area. So I think it just gives us a much broader breadth of uh, ability to tackle uh, complex situations. Excellent. Gentlemen, I want to thank both of you for joining me today. Audience, thank you for listening. For more information, I encourage you to go to bwfa.com where you can find a whole host of information, including a section dedicated to financial planning, where we flush out uh, this process of financial planning even a little bit more. Uh, also, I encourage you to stay tuned for uh, additional podcasts on this topic that will expand on this discussion. In the meantime, again, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, 
including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.